Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Welcome back. I am Dale Lolly. He is Matt Williamson, and this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And Matt, little fantasy football focus here on a Friday. Friday fantasy football focus. Oh, How about that? that? How about the alliteration with that? Let's uh, go. You, you sent me Evan Silva's oh, yeah. 2023 Steelers fantasy preview. Yes. And so I thought we'd take a look at that, uh, looking here at the projected starting lineups and everything. Um, in terms of Kenny Pickett, um, Evans, uh, well, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about this. Obviously, Kenny Pickett needs to do a better job in the red zone. Yep. No question. Needs to have a better. So he had a 1.8 touchdown rate across, uh, touchdown rate on his, uh, 12 starts last year. Um, that needs to be better. That needs to be, I'm not going to say it needs to be double 3.6, but you need I mean, to be, honestly, a- there's nowhere to go, but up. You need to be approaching 3.6%. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, if he's at if he's if he's above 3 this year. Mm-hmm. That's the, I mean I think with how much they want to want him to throw the football, which is not a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh but if he's at 3.3% or 3.4%, that's a nice number for him. Well, I know his red zone attempts will go up. He only attempted 47 passes in the red zone last year I mean, that's, that's going to go up yeah without a doubt the 80 you know, and assuming he's played 17 games which he didn't of course as a rookie real quick i mean this is a really good write-up by evan on establish but I, I've, I've mentioned i'm doing a lot of these best ball drafts and some of my most owned players and folks that's my money it has nothing to do with me being on the air here right this if is I, what you what you're gonna bet on yeah right right uh, i own picket in almost every one of my drafts I've gotten Warren and Deontay often, and Fryermoo's been on my team a fair amount as well. You know, so like for where these guys are going in fantasy, and I will tell you, it's a lot harder now to get Deontay or Warren than it was a month ago. Like the world's starting to figure it out, and Pickett's ADP's going up. Like the world is starting to warm up to the Steeler offense is better than we originally thought. Well, much like the the, the talk that we had in the first segment, where the 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 betting lines have either yeah, come yeah. down or they've reversed themselves where the Steelers were underdogs when, when the lines came out and now they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you're, I think you're a hundred percent right. I think people are starting to realize and, and I think Evan points out something here that, that for fantasy purposes uh, is especially interesting with Pickett. Um, he flashed just enough running prowess. He had 237 yards rushing last year in, in his 12 games. Yep, that's a lot. He, over a 17 over a 17 game season, I feel pretty good that he's going to run for over 300 yards. Maybe 400. Maybe 400. Right. Yep, yep, yep. He's a um, very good scrambler. Yeah, he's got 473 speed. Mm-hmm. Again, he's, that's not that's not top of the line, but it's better than. I don't know, 15 to, to 16 guys in the league. He's in the top half of the league in terms of scrambling ability. 
So I'm in super nerd season for metrics and advanced stuff and all that kind of thing. And a a, a thing that I've read or discovered or whatever this past week or so is the most efficient play in the NFL right now is a quarterback scramble, not a quarterback designed run, a quarterback scramble. And the defense has its back to the, the quarterback and he gets, gets out. Yeah, I mean, like your first read's not there, your second read's not there. Go make something happen, scramble, whatever. And I think Pickett's exceptional at that. Where Fields, Hurts, Lamar, they're phenomenal designed running quarterbacks. And I'm not saying they're bad scramblers, but Pickett surprised me how good of a scrambler he is. You know, you call a pass play, a pass was called, and you end up running the ball as a quarterback across the league. That is an extremely hard thing to defend. It's being asked upon by offensive coordinators more than ever, and it's putting up more yards in an efficient manner than any way of moving the football. And he's really good at it. So he doesn't need to break tackles to do that. He doesn't have to run a 4-6 or a 4-5 to do it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lane. My first two reads aren't there. Pick up eight yards, slide, first down, let's go. Can he be... Daniel Jones like in those no. situations. Cause I think Jones is a faster, more physical designed running quarterback as a scrambler. I actually think Kenny's better. That's, what I, that's what I was asking because I, okay. Okay. I, yeah. I, I let's, uh, you know, discern that now in terms of rushing yards. No, but scrambling yes. Or better. Yeah. Because I don't, the Steelers aren't going to design runs for Kenny Pickett, at least not a lot no. of them. I mean, he may have two quarterback draws and a handful of, you know. Sneaks and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to run power with them and stuff. You know, right. But what I go back to is, so in 2020, Jones' second season in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Now, last year he ran for 708 yards, but that was on 120 carries. Right. I mean, he's a that's part of their offense. That's part of their offense. Right, right. In 2020, when it was just, okay, if you don't see it run, he had 65 carries. He had 423 rushing yards. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I think that's I think that's what Kenny Pickett can add to the running game. So I hate comparing people. I always make this joke. Who's your mind you of? Oh, Michael Jordan, you know, uh Jim <laughs> Yeah. But the the mold for me for uh Kenny is how Mahomes plays now. You know, like, right. like they don't design a lot of runs for him either. You know, I mean, they don't need him taking hits uh, here and there in Super Bowls, in playoffs, yes. But he's, to me, as good of a scrambler as you'll see. And he's a better athlete than Kenny, but not by leaps and bounds. He's not fast, fast. You know, he's just agile, quick, sees the field extremely well. And when that's what you take, that's what you take. You know, they're playmakers. But if he could be used in a similar manner to Mahomes as a scrambler, which I think he kind of was, and I'm looking at it, 65 or 61 carries for 358 for Mahomes last year. That's a, that's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, here's he's why, on 60 carries a season, Mahomes. Here's why I bring up Daniel Jones, Matt. Yeah. Daniel Jones, you know what he ran at the Combine? Four five five, four eight one. Really? Wow. Pickett's faster. I will fight you on that on tape, but he's faster at the obviously the combine. I'm just calling up Pickett's combine stats here as well. I want to They're check better. out. The, 
I want to check out the splits. Yeah. Because Jones Jones was a one six five ten yard split. So Pickett I bet Pickett's is better in the ten. Pickett four seven three in the forty, one five nine in the as ten yard split. Jones? One six one six five for mm-hmm. a good second half of the season here for Kansas. And then finally uh, in the twenty yard shuttle and them. Jones was four four one, Pickett's four two nine. It doesn't surprise me either. Uh, his change of direction as a stealer shocked me. His agility, his burst, um, overall quickness, twitchiness. He's twitchier than Jones. Jones is heavier too. Jones is two forty or something like that too. I don't. Know what uh, at, at, that, at the combine, Jones was two twenty one. Wow, that's leaner than he is now. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. So uh, Pickett now is is at two twenty eight ish. Hmm. Um. I, I think he can be a better runner than Jones. I think that's a, a something that they could use more of. Now, that yeah. being said, you don't want to put your quarterback at risk a lot doing that. And I don't expect them to have a lot of designed runs for Kenny Pickett, but yeah. he moves he moves really well in the pocket and he moves he knows when to run. He has a good feel for it. It was one of my, my biggest shocks. I mean, I never thought he was a bad athlete at Pitt. And combine numbers aside, his elusiveness, quickness and twitchiness overall as an athlete. And a lot of it was eluding free rushers or as a runner, as a scrambler was better than I thought. It was without question. Yeah. I just think in year two, when he has a much better feel for where the pressure's coming from and things of that nature. Oh yeah. And when to escape, when to run and when not to run, I think he's going to be better this year running, you know, getting out of trouble and doing things of that nature. Yeah, Jones, yeah. Jones, Jones ran for 708 yards and seven touchdowns last year. So much of that is designed too. Yeah. You know, he's following Barkley through the hole or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's more of a Hertz type of strategy than what the Steelers will use. His 120 rushing attempts last year produced 57 first downs. Jones. Jones. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's a weapon that the Steelers can use for Kenny Pickett that, you know, maybe you don't do it all the time, but if he does it once or twice a game. I think 400 rushing yards is a number to shoot for. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And, and I think those extra first downs that you got, when you start looking at the Steelers first down conversions last year, mm-hmm. the percentage in the second half of the season, they were. You know, much better at that. Uh, they oh, were, yeah. you know, if they extrapolated what they did in the second and over the final uh, half of the season, they would have been number one in the league in, in first down conversions. Yeah. And no one even looks at this, but they were also like one or two on fourth down. On Pickett's 55 rushing attempts last year, 23 of them went for first downs. Yeah. So he's smart and situational about it. Like, no one remembers Aaron Rodgers being that guy, but he was that guy, you know, like, Oh, he was, he was maddening with it. Yeah. Yeah. You need six, you need six yards. He rushes, runs for seven and ducks out of bounds. Yeah. And laughs in your face and, you know, (laughs) extends the drive and then throws a dagger to Jordy Nelson. Yards before contact on Pickett's rushing yards last year. I bet they're high. Of his 237 rushing yards last year, 207 came before contact. Cause they're scrambles. They're not because they're scrambles. Scrambles of, and design are two different worlds now. People need to learn this. Of Jones's 708 rushing yards last season, 
562 came before con- contact. So mm-hmm. he was, you know, again, those de- those quarter- design quarterback runs are going to put your quarterback at more risk. Whereas yeah, this- you're hit by a de- you know a defensive tackles Cam Hayward's arm is smacking you in the thigh because right. their guards are terrible, and then you get ahead of steam and run over a linebacker and fall forward and oh that hurt you know. Whereas if you look at Jones in 2020, when he ran for 423, 375 of those yards came before contact. See, I'm betting just knowing that organization and such an upgrade at head coach that two years ago, Jones is probably just running for his life. You know, like I'm right, right. locking anybody and no one's getting open. I'm an athlete. He's scrambling more. So though, I mean, this, there's a difference there between the scrambles and the designed runs is, is kind of my point with that. Massively, massively. And like, the Steelers will scramble, they won't design run. They will no scramble. He didn't do either. You know, right. you know, I mean, like, that's another 400 yards he didn't get before. So I, I think Pickett's kind of an underrated fantasy guy. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot that's what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, Which, where, where, where I was going with this whole thing. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, it, it, the red zone stuff gets better. The scrambling, I think, gets is better. Yeah. I'll bet everything I own that it gets better. I'm not saying he's going to be the best, but it's going to get better. The scrambling is still there. That mm-hmm. isn't going anywhere. I think if he runs for, if he put it this way, he throws for, let's say he throws for 3,600 yards, which is not asking all that much, but he also runs for another four or 500 mm-hmm. with, let's say, 20 touchdown passes, but he also chips in another four or five touchdown runs. I was even lower. And say, You're, yeah, four hundred rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. Jones, fantasy. Jones last year was a top twelve fantasy quarterback. Yeah, for much of the season, because of that seven hundred rushing yards, he also had seven touchdowns. He only threw eighteen touchdown passes last year. It's funny you say that because he also, where Kenny was last. Daniel Jones was the most efficient red zone passer in the entire right. league last year. I'm sorry. He only had 15 touchdown passes. And he, last I, say, I think you're wrong. I think he only threw 15 touchdowns, which is a terrible number, but he was the most accurate quarterback in the entire league in the red zone where Kenny was like last. And when we talk about that, we talked about that touchdown percentage. Daniel Jones touchdown percentage last year was 3.2. I'd say it has to be high. Yeah. Well, well, not high, but it's it's yeah. higher than it had been for him. Yeah, yeah, it's not high. Yeah. But the difference was he only threw four hundred seventy-two passes. They didn't ask him to throw a lot of passes last year. Mm-mm. Like Terrible. his his rookie year, he had three hundred four hundred fifty-nine pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Last year, he had four seventy-two. I enjoy this Daniel Jones Pickett comparison. I think Pickett might be a better player than him right now. That's what I'm saying. I think he's a better yeah, like player, he's a better football player. Right. Ready, so I, I think know. that I think the ceiling for for Pickett as a fantasy player, which is what we're talking here, is higher than Daniel Jones, who was a pretty good fantasy player last year. Mm-hmm. And I think people are sleeping on that. Right. Oh yeah, you could live with Daniel Jones in fantasy. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I Jones runs for more yards than Pickett, though. Well, yeah, I I, I think so you know, as that, well. But I think. 
I think Pickett averages at least 50 more yards passing per game than, than Jones this year. And I think he has more touchdown passes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, in the world of fantasy, it's almost impossible to draft a guy that is not a runner at quarterback anymore. I mean, it's such an uphill climb. But Kenny could be the seventh-ish highest rushing quarterback in the league. And I, I think, think that's about where he was on a per-game basis last year. Right. I think people are sleeping on that in the fantasy yeah. world. Yeah. Because I he's mean, going as uh, – you see the rankings out there, and he's QB 20. Yeah. Oh, sometimes later, too. Like, I get sometimes. him a QB – th- I get him when there's, like, 18 quarterbacks already off the board. Because people just look at – they're looking at the per-game – Passing yardage total and the and the touchdowns and they're saying, oh well, I, I don't want to do that. Forgetting the fact that two of those games, one of those games, he came in in relief of Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. An- another game, he was knocked out in, in the first half. And there was a third game that he didn't finish early. He got hurt early against the Ravens. So very early. Yeah, three of the three of the games that he appeared in last year. When you're looking at his at his overall numbers, he didn't play a half in those games. Right, 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 right. If you so look you at it per snap, it's not nearly as bad as per game. Yeah, I mean, the yards per game were 184.9 in 13 games. But if you do that over really what should have been 11 games in terms mm-hmm. of actual games played, the numbers are much better. Yeah, much. 100%. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a – if you dig deeper, which is now's the time of year to do those seven things, it's really the Deontay Johnson argument too. It like, really is, yeah. Yeah, well, no one's going to take Deontay Johnson because he didn't score any touchdowns. Well, he's going to. He's going to, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we need to talk. We talked a ton about Deontay earlier in the week. Sure, sure. George Pickens is George Pickens. I think, you know, we understand that. Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. He had the sixth most receptions and the sixth most passing or receiving yards among tight ends last year. Yep. He would never look at him in that light. But he only had the two touchdowns. Underlined stats are phenomenal. Absolutely. I, I think if I were ranking Fryermuth right now in terms of overall, like, would it, it would it shock you if, he, okay, he finishes this season with the six most receptions among tight ends and the six most passing yards and the six most touchdowns? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm ranking him. Right. That's the way you need to look at this. Don't look at the touchdown. Touchdowns, when you're looking at fantasy football, are the hardest thing to predict. Right, right, right. Targets, targets, targets. Uh, he had seven touchdowns as a rookie. So even in terms of team target share, I know Kelsey was ahead of him, and there was maybe one other tight end, probably Andrews. In terms of when the offensive coordinator calls a play, who do we want it to go to compared to the other 32 or you know, t- t- you know starting tight ends, He's near the top of the pecking order of all of them not named Kelsey. Yeah. I mean they want to give him the football. Yeah. I, I think he's he's going he's vastly underrated right now as well in terms of fantasy well, he, football. Because he's right going now, to he's going like right. tight end nine. Yeah. Like there's a there's a lot of controversy. Not controversy, I've heard a lot of discussion. Najoku, Engram, Fryermuth. How do you rank those guys? And I like the other two quite a bit to be honest with you i mean but i think he's closer moderate who's in the tier above him i do too and here's why so those other two tight ends that you mentioned mm-hmm. what are the two big storylines in both of those 
in Cleveland and then Jacksonville. Well, we went out and added these these pass catchers. Oh, I see what you're saying. I was thinking quarterback angle, and I'm like, okay. There's nowhere for those two to go. Are they going to get more targets than what they got last year? Yeah, in terms of what I was just saying about Friermuth, in terms of team target share, Ingram and the Jokus almost have to go down. They're maxed out. I get bigger. Yeah. I mean, are they not going to throw the ball to Ridley in in Jacksonville? Or Elijah Moore and Tillman. Or Elijah Moore in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's nowhere but those guys can go but down, whereas Friermuth's arrow is still pointed up. Right. I agree. No, I think he's like – and we can fight about Kyle Pitts till the cows come home. But, I mean, to me, Pitts is a massive wild card. I have Pitts still really high. I can't quit him because he's unbelievably talented. Kelsey's number one. Andrews is clearly number two. But it's like usually Hawkinson, and Hawkinson, yeah, yeah, Hawkinson's and, above Fryermuth to me, but I don't think Fryermuth's far off those guys that we just mentioned that that pile. No, I think so as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think right now Najee Harris is a little underrated. I have mixed feelings on that because the only thing I'm holding against him is I like Warren so much. Well, yeah, there's that. I get it. Yeah. I, I, they're not Warren's going third down back. But I don't see the Steelers going away. I, 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 they're going to play football like they played football in the second half of last year. No question. No question. The only difference might be that they might complete more of the downfield passes and be better in the red zone. So this is strictly a fantasy note. So everyone in the world that listens knows that there was a tale of two seasons last year. Well, it certainly was for Najee as well. And I'm not making excuses for the guy, but he had a Liz Frank injury and a steel plate in his shoe, you know, for the first half of the season. I think he moved just on tape much better in the second half of the year and was a better football player, no matter what the blocking defenses were, whatever, in the second half of the year. But in the meantime... Unlike the Lev Bell days or rookie Najee days, Warren grabbed the third down job because he was so good at it. I mean, he's a much better receiver than the general public realizes. So I don't know that Najee's volume can ever approach rookie year volume. And that's fine. because because, because, Here's here's why. After the week nine bye last year, Matt, he averaged 87.8 yards per game. Yeah. If he averages 87.8 yards per game over a 17-game season, mm-hmm. and he's going to be out there for 17 games. And his blocking will be better. That's just what he does. And you expect a block 87.8 times 17. It's almost 1,500 yards. Yeah, I say it's a ton. It's, it's 1,492. Yeah. So, um, And he's going to score touchdowns. Yeah. And he will catch passes, but that's going to get – Eaten into a little. Okay, maybe he catches. It catches if he rest, if he rushes for almost fifteen hundred yards and catches forty passes this year. He's easily a second round draft pick as a running back. No, easily he'd be the running back seven for the year or something like that. And right now he's at RB like RB twenty. Yeah. No, he's too low. Don't get me wrong. I think he's way too low because he. Like, I would. T- I would be per- yeah. perfectly willing to take him as my RB one and be. Okay, I'm not going to be like, oh, I got our, I got Najee Harris as my RB one, because I'm going to back him up with another guy who's similar to him, mm-hmm. and, and maybe I don't, maybe I, maybe it gets back to our conversation from from Wednesday, maybe I don't take Ekelar in the first round, 
I'll take Najee Harris at 18 and be happy. You'd get him in the third, though. But I could get him in the third. That's the thing. He's, he's going he's going too low because I don't think – I think people are looking at – again, they're looking like, – much like Kenny Pickett, they're looking at the entire pat, package of last year. Well, he didn't have a very good year. He had a mm-hmm. really good second half. He had a really good second half, and the film was much better. Again, if he gets me – he gets me – 1,300 yards on the ground. I think both of us would take the under on 1,500 yards. Right. I don't expect that. But, again, I think 1,300 I'll take. Yeah. And he might be fresher for non-fantasy reasons as well. You know, like playoffs, week 17, week 18, he'll have less tread on his tires. You know, things like that. You know, just for Steeler purposes in general. Because Warren's not going away is my point. He's not going away. No, you're right. He's, He's a good football player. Yeah. But I think they can they can complement each other well. Like mm-hmm. I don't again if, if Najee Harris is getting eighteen touches per game, but they're eighteen quality touches because he's a little more rested because Jalen Warren's out there. Yeah, I'll take that. And I don't think he's ever going to break long runs, but I think he'll break more chunk runs. Like I, I think when you know when in the fourth in the fourth quarter if they're winning some of these games, yeah, he's getting the football. He's gonna he's gonna wear down people. He's mm-hmm. a big, big back. I don't think yeah, people yeah. truly understand, unless you've seen this guy in person. When you're standing next to him, yeah. Like, he is the closest thing I've seen to Eddie George since Eddie George. Yeah, it's a good comparison. Eddie George was a big dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With big god. thighs and just run right. through you. Oh, he looks like a Greek god. Yeah. yeah. That's what Najee Harris looks like. Yeah. And he looks as good as ever in terms of physical conditioning and all that good stuff, too. Yeah, so I I think people are sleeping a little bit on the Steelers' offense when it comes to the fantasy world. Well, it's all because they didn't score enough touchdowns last year. They didn't score touchdowns last year. That's not going to keep up. I mean, I read a lot of these fantasy profiles, and they'll always be like, this is going to be a low-scoring offense, a lot of questions about second-year quarterback. I don't have many questions about the second-year quarterback, and I know the touchdown numbers will go up. Like, I'm not saying they're going to be the Chiefs, but it's going to go up. I think they, if I had to put a, a number on it right now, as we say again, July 7th, what I think the Steelers offense averages this year, mm-hmm. I'm going to say 23, 24 points a game. Yeah. I think that's not unreasonable. And people are going to look at that and say, well, that's not 30 points a game. Nobody in the league averaged 30 points a game last year. All right. Oswald's going to be better. 24 points a game gets you in the top 10 from what was what everybody did last year. The Jaguars were like 24 last year. Mm-hmm. No, that's the neighborhood you need to be in and can be. And can be. Again, right. if the, going back to our, our original or previous argument, if the defense is giving up 17 a game, you'll take 24 all day long. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have the numbers. I was going to cite them last stat or last segment, but nothing – a sack prohibits sacks turn into punts more than anything in the league. Like fumble or like a penalty, blah, blah, blah. Nothing kills a drive like a sack. And if their sack numbers go up, that's all I'm saying is you're going to have more offensive possessions. If your sack numbers go up. And they're going to possess the football and they're going to, I mean, again, they had as many or the, the only team that had more 10 plus play drives last year than the Steelers were the, Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. No, I know. There's nowhere to go but up for the offense. I don't know if you noticed a couple of tweets I sent out lately, though. They're, I mean, again, I'm nerding out on these stats, but 
during the second half of the season, after the after the bye, the Steelers were seventh in scoring rate per drive and third in yards per drive. Only the Chiefs and Lions were better. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pretty good. And now they got put in the end zone. A lot of those ended in field goal tries. I mean, your drives per game is great, and scoring rate per drive is great. Uh, now it needs to be touchdowns per drive. Touchdowns. Per That's what you need yeah. to score. Touchdowns. Yeah. That's going to do it for the show today, Matt. Good stuff. It was fun today. Good stuff. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, talking a lot of Steelers stuff. And sometimes we get off on, on other tangents here. But certainly talking a lot of Steelers here. Uh, we'll be back again next week, closing in on training camp. Can't wait for that. Um, if you missed any of our show today, you can hear it on all of our uh, all of our different shows that we do here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, you can go wherever you get your podcasts at. Go ahead and download that. Like it. Um, it'll download directly into your uh, into your system. Good stuff. Uh, but uh, for my partner, Matt Williamson, I am Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep, home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.